0: Alrighty, folks, Hildy's Hot Takes episode 27, episode 20-fucking-7, 27, I'm gonna try not to swear so much, 27, anyway, pretty crazy, I've been doing this for six months now, like over six months, like that's pretty insane, I'm pre-recording this episode, this is a Thursday, no, what what am I talking about, it's a Thursday, (laughs) it's a freaking Saturday, um, saturday december 18th i'm gonna post this on like the the 21st or the 22nd i don't know what i'm gonna schedule it but i'm gonna be in minnesota next week i'm gonna to be too busy to record so like i said i'm just being a pro podcaster i'm recording before pre-recording and i got a pretty crazy episode to talk about this week um just a lot of of, of fast hitters here quick hitters but uh I guess we'll just jump right in. I want to start out with Urban Meyer. Like, for those of you who don't know who Urban Meyer is, uh, used to be the head coach of Ohio State football, and then he got fired for doing some dumb shit with some um, domestic abuse stuff, I think. And, you know, just one of those guys who thought he was too big to fail, I think, when he was coaching college. And he gets this job in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the NFL. And, and a lot less than two thirds into the end of the season, he's, he's fired after he was prominent college coach. Like how incompetent can you be? First of for the very first things he does, he signs fucking Tim Tebow to be a signs, Tim Tebow to be a, a tight end. If you, for those of you who don't know who Tim Tebow is, he's not a tight end. He was a quarterback in college and he wasn't even good enough of a, quarterback to play in the NFL as a quarterback and then he tried to do something else he went to play baseball and now he's trying to be a tight end in the NFL and he got caught right away he looked brutal like what are you doing Urban Meyer Trevor Lawrence number one pick in the draft absolutely dog fucks that situation I just don't understand how people can be so dumb Urban Meyer is a fucking idiot I was talking to some of the guys in the room today at the rink before practice and I said do you think if I got hired to be the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, not the quarterback, the coach, sorry. If I could do a better job than Urban Meyer, like you think I could last longer than him? I said 100% I could. 100% because this is all you have to do. You just delegate. Be a good guy and you delegate. I don't know shit about football, really. I couldn't run an offense, but guess what? That's what the offensive coordinator's for. I couldn't draw up defensive schemes. Guess what? That's the defensive coordinator's job. You just have to know your personnel. And make the right decisions out there. And I feel like, for the most part, I'm a way smarter decision maker in terms of timeouts and what plays to run and when when to run those plays. Then I watch these games on on the television. I'm just like, what are these fucking guys doing? Call a timeout. Do this, do that. It's so obvious in common sense that everyone has to ask these coaches what they were thinking and they still can't even get themselves out of the hole they created. So this guy just gets hired And fired right away. And don't even get me started on the off-by stuff when he didn't go back on the team plane. And he was in fucking Canton, Ohio, freaking finger-banging girls at the bar. With a wife and a kid. What are you doing, Urban Meyer? What a moron. It's absolutely unbelievable. But kind of impressive to say the same thing. Because you have to be a certain type of fucking idiot for that to happen to you. Moving on. Now, much like anything I say on this podcast, you should just take this next thing with a grain of salt. And I'm just trying to make a joke out of it. But a couple days ago, we went and did this toy drive Salvation Army thing. And we were in a bad spot. First of all, there was not a lot of foot traffic and we were ringing the bells. But I just wanted to say that the Salvation Army bells are so annoying. Now, I got nothing against the Salvation Army. I got nothing against donating to those in need. But I think way more people would donate if they just didn't ring the bell. I'm walking into a grocery store and I don't want to go anywhere near the guy with the bell because I can't fucking stand the ding, 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 the bell ringing the whole time. Makes me go crazy when I walk by it. Like, You know what they should do? I bet a lot more people would donate to the Salvation Army if they just played heavy dubstep outside of the the donation places, outside the grocery stores. Instead of a bell, they had a big boom box and they were playing just blasting excision for everyone to hear. And everyone's like, oh, my God, I'm going to donate like five bucks. But instead they have these these bells and nobody likes to listen to the bells and they just donate. Um, I just don't understand the bells. I got nothing against the Salvation Army. Um, there's a lot of jokes that I could make, like kind of tying the Salvation Army into other armies, but I'm just not gonna make them because what's the point, right? I'm kind of going through all this stuff too fast already, but I guess I got a lot more left. Okay, so went to see Spider-Man: No Way Home, the new Spider-Man, a couple of days ago. Good fucking flick. I'm not gonna spoil anything other than MJ dies at the end. Um, but anyway there's so many trailers and there's been so many movies that have been created lately or just in the past of like doomsday scenarios or just like some crazy shit going on in the world. And these people just going through this insane adventure, fighting for their lives against all odds. So they can make it through to the end of the movie and live happily ever after. Not a chance would anybody be doing that stuff under these doomsday world is ending scenarios. You know what I would do? If I saw this shit happening and like the Earth's crust was coming up and dinosaurs were fucking flying through the air and blowing fire at people and asteroids were coming out of the uh, out of nowhere and everything was flooded and the and like the world was literally ending, I would um, say bye to those that I love and I would go buy a gun and I would shoot myself in the head because what is the point of going through all of that shit unless you're just shooting a movie? That's what's so unrealistic about those things is that nobody would be doing any of the stuff that ever happens in a movie doomsday scenario. People would just chill. They wouldn't be fighting for their lives. There'd be no point to fight for their lives because the world is ending. It's going to be over. And what happens if you survive? You survive with like six other people and there's maybe like 30 other people left on the planet. That doesn't sound fun. How does that sound fun? You're not going to be able to play at your freaking Xbox after that happens. You're not going to be able to to FaceTime your buddies. You're not going to be going out to the club doing Molly at a marshmallow concert. You're not going to be able to do any of that shit. So literally, what's the point? There is none. So if the world is ever ending like that, I'm fucking ending myself before it ends me. Much like the trailer park boys, Ricky, every single job he gets that he gets fired from. He says, you can't fire me because I quit. And that's what I would say to the world if it tried to end itself and kill me at the same time. I said, you couldn't kill me. I'll just kill myself. Not that I'm making, some, making fun of people killing themselves. I'm just saying, disclaimer, if the world was actually ending, uh, I'm not trying to poke, poke fun at anybody that has actual thoughts of suicide and i not condone that whatsoever. And if you're feeling that way, please get the help you needed. But if the world was actually ending, then I actually would kill myself. Fine print at the end of a commercial. If you didn't understand what I was doing there, I just made that up off the top of my head. I wasn't even planning on doing that. Um, But moving on again. Do people in the South even understand what weather is besides it being hot outside? Because I don't think they do. It doesn't really make any sense. Like yesterday it was raining, like it was pouring. And there were so many accidents on the highways and on the road just because it was raining outside. Are these people fucking dumb or what's going on here? Now, giving some people the benefit of the doubt, the highway for some reason had a shit ton of like standing water, like two or three inch puddles. And I did hydroplane a couple times, but that was my first time driving like in the heavy rain here. And once I hydroplaned the, like the first time and then the second time I was like, okay, I, was, I just need to slow down a little bit. So that happens, that happens. And then next thing you know, everyone's driving 25 miles an hour on the highway. It's raining people it's just a little bit of rain. You're going to be fine. You don't need to just rear end somebody or slam into the side of the highway and cause a huge backup in traffic just because it's raining outside. And don't even get me started when it snows here. But I've been more mindful and less ignorant in understanding that the infrastructure down south here just is not ready for inclement weather like the cold or snow or anything like that. And matter of fact, not even, not even the infrastructure just everything is not ready for it. Like if it gets frosty and snows a little bit or like rains and then the, the freezing rain, you know, accumulates on the trees, like those bitches are not strong enough to handle that shit. And they just fall over, which like, you think they'd be more stronger, like all the wind and the tornadoes that the trees would be classically conditioned to evolve to, you know, be able to be a bit more sturdy. But I guess they get really brittle when they get cold and brittle and more heavy. And then the shit just falls over, which is incredible. And for some reason, the power lines aren't insulated. Not really even sure what that means. So the power lines get frosty and then they get too heavy and then the power lines fall over. Like, how about you just, instead of it getting cold and everyone be like, oh my God, it's getting so cold out here. What's happening? And the power starts going out because the, the uh, power lines keep falling over because they get too frosty and the frost builds up and they fall over. How about we just plan for this? It's 2021 and we can't even get some fucking insulation on the power lines in the South. A friend I was talking to said that in Montana, which is like a pretty wintry state, like they don't have snow plows. They don't salt the roads. Like they don't have that here too. But I'm saying, why not? Why not just have a couple just in case? Like how crazy is it that that shit like snow happens and cold happens and the government and everyone in positions of power is just like, well, never saw this coming. We're totally unprepared. There's nothing we can do about this because we don't have any plows. We don't have any salt. Like, let's be a little bit more prepared down in the South here, people. I feel like this is common sense, but, but I guess it's not common sense because it's not been done yet, which I don't understand. Like I said, we're 11 minutes into this podcast. I really am not talking about shit lately, but it's just funny stuff that I'm thinking about. Um, we'll move on to, uh, to, no, actually go one more thing before we do, before we finish off some sports. Um, I just have a bone to pick with gaming nerds and there's a lot of them that I play hockey with now that go home and play fucking call of duty or Fortnite, and they're on Twitch and, and shit like that. Like all the time they are just on their Xboxes all the time. I've never been a big gamer. I'm not going to chirp them for gaming because I'm sure it is fun, you know, squatting up with the fellas and dropping down in Verdansk and fucking getting on top of the arena and sniping some pussies, but uh, at the same time, gaming nerds have nothing to do but complain about the game they play, and specifically, this is like NHL. NHL players on Twitter, like the, not the NHL players on Twitter, like the NHL 22 players on Twitter, all I see is just bitching about gameplay, bitching about that, oh, this doesn't work that good, this doesn't work that good. Madden players, oh, this doesn't work that good. Like, oh, this game sucks. Like, this isn't that realistic. It's like you're playing a fucking game on an Xbox or a computer or whatever you're doing. What are you expecting? Okay. Are you expecting the graphics to be exactly like you see on TV? Are you expecting all the moves to be exactly like you see on TV? Are you expecting anything to be exactly like you see on TV or have maybe played in real life? Because it's not going to be like that. You want to know why? Because it's a fucking game. It's a game on the Xbox or the PlayStation or whatever you're doing. It's not gonna be 100% realistic. The gameplay is never gonna be as smooth as you want it to be because it's a game. They make one every year. It's not like it's gonna be some monumental technology coming out every single year that's gonna completely revolutionize the gaming systems, completely revolutionize the graphics and the gameplay and the controls and all that stuff. It's just a game. Okay, so I don't know why your expectations are getting so fucking high to the point where a new game comes out and everyone is just pissed off about the product, the finished product of the new game, because it comes out every year. If you want to see some strides, tell them to take a year off. Tell them to take two years off. And then NHL 2024, after you guys haven't gotten a new game for three years, then maybe you'll start appreciating the new games that these freaking computer nerds are making for you all the the time. Rant over. What's the difference between a rant and a speech? Anyway, moving on to a couple sports things. And if you don't like sports, is gonna be specifically hockey and I got one college hockey. So if you don't like that, uh, you can just fuck off and stop listening. But if you do like that, moving on. So Colorado College, based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, currently playing at the Broadmoor World Arena, uh, Olympic ice sheet, played there more than a few times when I was at UMD. Colorado College Tigers is their name. This is bad podcasting, but they made like new jerseys for the Colorado College hockey jerseys. And it was just like their black and yellow and white jerseys. And there was no logo. It was just said, the front of the jersey just said Colorado College in literally Times New Roman font. Like it was pretty boring jersey. Um, And not Danny Healy, Decided they would comment on that, which was pretty funny. Uh, He rinsed the jerseys too. It was like, "Is Colorado College okay?" Like, what were they thinking uh, about these jerseys? But then um, ASU hockey decides to join the fucking um, decides to join the uh, parade and starts chirping Colorado College. Yeah, I took a screenshot of it. Oh yeah. Oh no, not not Dan Healy said this is the craziest college hockey jersey of all time. Is Colorado College okay? And ASU hops on Twitter because they're known to have all the coolest jerseys, which is irrelevant because let's be honest, like all the hype about ASU, like sure, their team's getting a little bit good, but you still aren't competitive in college hockey. So don't fucking go there. I hate when people say that. But anyway, ASU absolutely rinses CC on Twitter about these jerseys. And I'm not going to be rinsing CC here, but I'm just going to say, what are those jerseys? They had an old um, logo, Colorado College. You can look it up. The old Tiger logo. They just changed it within the last few years. Sick logo. Like, so OG. Like, OGCC Tigers. And they changed the new logo and they got some new stuff. And I don't think anyone's really a fan of it, including me. But uh, I really thought me putting that in my notes and kind of like... I, I thought I had a better thought for that whole bit. Uh, so I apologize for that. Um, we're at 16 minutes here. I have another rant to go on and get ready because, because I don't understand anything, I guess, I guess I don't understand how the world works or really anything works, but Jason Spezza, um, Neil's, uh, Neil's knees, my good bud, uh, Neil Pionk in the head in a game like a week and a half ago. Uh, it didn't even look that intentional. I guess Neil, um, hit some guy and then Spezza was trying to get some retribution and Neil fell over and Spezza um, went to hit him. And then he got in a tough spot and Spezza just put his knee right into to Peon's face. And he gets a penalty. He gets kicked out of the game and he gets a six game suspension. They look it over. Um, George Peros, director of player safety goes, yep. Uh, six game suspension. Everyone's like, I thought that was a little much for the hit, but whatever. Like that's out of my control, but Six game suspension, the yada, yada, yada. And this is what I don't understand. So Jason Spezza then says six games. I don't think it was worth six games. I'm going to appeal that suspension. Which I don't understand this whole appealing the suspension process. What do you mean appealing? What are you appealing? So you want them to take another look at it. After they just suspended you for what you did. You want them to take a closer look. Do you not think they took a close enough look before? You think they just looked at it one time full speed, didn't break it down and just said six games? That's my first question. My second question is he serves five games of the suspension and then they reduce the suspension down to five or four games, whatever it was, but then he gets COVID so we can't even play. But what are we saying here? So what is this whole appeal process? He needs the guy in the head, gets a six game suspension. Then they appeal. What happens when they appeal? This isn't like a court of law where they appeal and then they're going to like introduce new evidence that might get the guy off the hook or might um, make the the sentence even longer. They're looking at the same thing. Like when they appeal, like, do they look at this shit like with a different HD camera? Like, do they have some different cam camera angles that they're looking at these hits by to make their decision, and then say, actually, oops, you know what, the first time we looked at it, we were a little cranky, okay, we didn't have breakfast, and I didn't have my morning coffee yet, and I I don't know, I just thought the hit was really vicious, and uh, yes, we decided it was going to be six games, Um, but since then, you uh, appealed the suspension, and we went back, and actually, (laughs) actually, uh, we looked at it again, and I'm a bit, I'm in a bit, of a better mood today. And we looked at it again and I decided, Jason Spezza, I decided that your suspension's only gonna be four games now because it really wasn't even that bad to begin with. So I guess, sorry? Sorry for making your original suspension six games and now we're moving it down to four after you already served your whole suspension and now you have COVID, you can't even fucking play anyway. We're sorry. If anybody has any clue as to how that process happens, I'd love to hear about it because it doesn't make any sense to me how you can look at a hit, say at six games, the player disagrees with with it and appeals it. You look at the same hit again, over and over again, and then decide, Oh, just kidding. Less games. I just don't understand that. And I never, ever will. So that is episode 27. Um, Like I said, pre-recording won't be recording for like two weeks now. Uh, so, next episode should be a fucking banger. Thank you for listening. See you in a couple of weeks.